Hello, people of God. Thank you for joining us once again. I'm sorry, but today we had some technical problems and we are not going to have the video of this preaching or you cannot see me preaching, but only you are going to listen the audio. But anyway, I'm sure that you'll be very blessed by the word of God. Amen. And today's message, the culture of serving and loving. Today I want to talk to you about our life mission. Are you born again? If you were born again and love Jesus, you have two life missions to fulfill. The first one is to love God with all your heart. But the second one is to serve and love your neighbor as you love yourself. Jesus said that these are the most important of all the commandments. If Jesus said that, that is the most important of all the commandments, then this is the most important message that I have preached and I am preaching. Because the Bible clearly states that one day when we reach eternity, we will have to give one account of these two missions. And today we are going to learn in a very practical way who is our neighbor and about the culture of serving and loving. And I want to read one text in the New Testament, in the book of Luke, chapter 10, from verse 25 to 37. You can open up your Bible, and I'm going to start reading. Verse 25. On one occasion, one expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Pay attention to this question. What must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law? Jesus replied. How do you read it? He answered, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as you love yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, And Jesus tell one story to him. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Verse 31. Now, by chance, a certain priest came down that road, 
And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan who has traveled, he traveled, came where the man was. And when he saw him, pay attention, he had compassion on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring one oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own car or on donkeys, <laughs> brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day he took out of two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper and said, Look after him, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to a man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who showed mercy on him. And Jesus told him, go and do like likewise. Beloved brothers, here you are going to see Jesus. He was talking to a law expert. He was one interpreter of the law. He was the one who people would go to him when they needed help to understand the word of God. And he asked this man, go to Jesus and ask Jesus a question. Do you remember the question that he asked Jesus? Because he wanted to, he wanted to know how he could be saved. Or he asked Jesus, how do I go to heaven? Or he asked, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? Look at the question. He already knew the answer. And he himself answered it to Jesus. And he said, oh, love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, and your neighbor as you love yourself. And Jesus said, wow, congratulations. You know, you are right. So go and put this into practice. In another words, Jesus was saying, my beloved brothers, to that man, you are one expert in knowledge, but you are one illiterate in practice. Or, you know a lot the Bible, but you are not practicing what you are teaching and what you know. And wanting him to justify himself about his lack of practice, he asked Jesus, Okay, Jesus, but who is my neighbor? And Jesus said to him, my blood brought, that loving 
and serving is something that will influence our eternity. Yes. If you love God and serve your neighbor, you will enter the kingdom of God. Or in order to clarify who our neighbor is and how we should love them, Jesus tells a story about three kinds of people. And I want to say something to you. You and I are one of these three kinds of people. Who was in that story that Jesus told to that man? Three people. A priest, a Levite, and a Samaritan. And we are one of them. Okay? And Jesus tells this story to teach who and how we should love and serve. Let's read again chapter 10, verse 31. says, Now, by chance, a certain priest came down that road, and when he saw him, the man, he passed by on the other side. Then, the first point is, a priest casually walks down the path. Then, who is this priest? Priest was God's representative. People went to the priest to find God. He connected people to God. So, a representative of God is walking along the path. But what does he do? He sees one injured man and says, Stopping to help this man is not part of a priest's job. <laughs> this is what he, 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 he did. And maybe, my beloved brothers, we are doing the same. Because I am a pastor. Maybe you are saying, I am a pastor. Or, I am a cell leader. I am a worshiper, a worship leader. I am a leader of children's ministry. I sing to God. Or, I, I have to play to God in the worship team. I'm not, or maybe you are, you, you are saying, I'm not a leader to help and to serve this man. Because I'm not a leader. <laughs> but, Maybe you are putting your position and your function in the ministry before people. Because the priest saw him and left. Because he had more important things to do. Many people are involved with so many activism. Doing so many things for God. While there are many people hurt around them. People in need of love and care. Your attention for people is more important than your function within the ministry. I'm going to say again. Your 
attention for people is much more important than your function within the ministry. I have a function in this church. I am the pastor of this church. But what I value most is caring individually for people around me. Is not having events or programs. Even though I know events have their importance too. But my beloved brothers, People are more important. And this is why I believe that 80% of my time in this church is spent on people and not in programs of the church. I, I, I need to say one thing to you. Please pay attention. People will visit church because of one event, but they will become part of of the church if they are cared, served, and loved. You always hear me saying about discipleship, and I, li I, I literally I give value to discipleship, and what is discipleship? It's about visiting people, listening to injured people, putting oil and wine on their wounds because it saves people discipleship saves people when you when when you stop when you go and visit people listen to them then you can save people you have to stop to sit down to really listen to tend open wounds so people can be saved so that they may have eternal life when we stop for that one person on the side of the road we have we have a soul and we, we will make disciples and the kingdom of God will grow. Yes. When you stop for someone, we, you will save a soul. And you make a disciple. And this is discipleship. Having church events is a good thing. I know. Also, we must pray. We must read the Bible. We help we need to help in worship. We need to serve in the church. But serving and loving people is as important as loving God. This is what Jesus told us. And how many of you want to be a priest who pleases God? Would you like to be a priest that give glory to God? And what kind of priest pleases God? Do you know? It's the priest who kneels down to touch the sick people, beloved brothers, who change his plans in order to help all others. It is the priest who cares about people. Then, after the priest come an comes another leader. A Levite. And he also sees the half-dead man. And 
Now we are going to talk about a Levite, the second point, the second people who comes. A Levite casually walks down the path. Verse 32 now. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at that place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. Hmm. The Levites were people of the tribe of Levi. They were the chosen ones to take care of the things in the temple, if you don't know. And also they were responsible for the worship in the temple. And this Levite that was serving God in the temple also passes by. And maybe he thinks to himself, Oh, I wish I could help, but I have so many things to do. I have to go to sing. I have to play. But maybe he, he looked at the man and said, okay, but I will ask to the church to pray for this poor soul. Oh, beloved brothers. I, I, I remember weeks ago, I was just passing by Hope Cafe. That is a place that we have in the town. And, and, uh, and uh, I planned on staying there on Hope Cafe for a very little time because I had many other things to do. And when, and when I was there, one person came, came uh, uh, crying, comes crying and asking for help. And I thought myself, oh, it's not a good time. I have so many things to do. But then... I knew what was most important. Then, blood brothers, I spent hours listening to, to her, talking. And also, I had to, to, to left to go and to help that person so that I could help her with some things that she, need, she needed. And at the end, in the end, blood brought, I spent at least five hours of my day with that person. And I didn't do any of the other things in my schedule. But I was so happy. Why? Because I stopped for one person. Wow. And my heart was full of gratitude. Even though I didn't do what I had to do in that day. The first was the priest, the second the Levite. But now the third person, a foreigner, casually walks down the road. Verse 33, Luke 10, 33 says, But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion. Wow. Blood brothers, in talking about the Samaritans, the Samaritans were a people from the Samara region. And they were not Jews. Or they were literally foreigners. And, and they were 
actually considered considered enemies of the Jews. And what we can learn from this Samaritan? What can learn? I have, we, I have some pro points that I'm going to share with you quickly. And the first thing we learn from this Samaritan is, if we love God, we have to love people in a practical way. I'm going to repeat again. If we love God, we have to love people in a practical way. The jobs of a priest and a Levite are important. But Jesus showed us that doing things for the church, being active in the kingdom of God without caring for people has no value in eternity. To love God's house, beloved brother, is to care for people. Is to love people. But even at the end of that story, Jesus didn't say the Samaritan was a good person. Maybe in your Bible it's written, the good Samaritan, but Jesus didn't say that he was good. No, read again. You are going to see that there is a title that was put in your Bible. But Jesus didn't call them good. If Jesus called the Samaritan a good person, he would be calling the priest and the Levite bad people. And Jesus doesn't do that. Jesus never spoke badly of authority. Jesus began by saying that, coincidentally, a Samaritan was passing by and he stopped to serve. Hallelujah. I, ha I have something to say to you. Please, pay attention. God will test you and me. God will test you and me. Where? In the traffic. In the supermarket, in the bank, when you are waiting on the queue, at work, in your neighborhood, God will place people around to you who need salvation. And He will test you. If we love God, we have to love people in practice. There are people who say they love God. But they don't like people. How could it be? They say they love the Lord, but they don't like being together with another people. They just want to be themselves, their family, or people that they love. Our love for God cannot only be intellectual, but it must come out of in practice in everyday life, beloved brothers. The second thing we learned with the Samaritan. The Samaritan had compassion. The priest and the Levite both saw this man on the road and walked on. The Samaritan saw, sympathized and served. And we need to see people sympathize and, and 
act so people can be saved. Amen? Because he had compassion. And you need to look to people who are suffering in pain. They are lost and you need to have compassion for the lost. The third thing we learn from the Samaritan. Serving God is anywhere at any time. Yes. The culture of serving has to be something natural to us. Jesus taught us that serving people brings eternal life. My function is not preaching sermon. My function is to serve people. Your function is not to sing. It's to serve people. Your function is not to help with the sound system, with cameras in the church. It's to serve people. Your function is not to lead a cell group in your home. In interesting discussions, it is to serve people. Your function is not to help at the children's ministry only. It's to serve children, to serve children. Your function is not to be a member of the church. Your function is serving people. Beloved brothers, if you don't serve people, if I don't serve people, my function in the kingdom of God is worthless if I don't serve people. It's not what I do. It's who I serve. Can you say amen? Another point we can learn from the Samaritan. Number four, the Samaritan didn't know the man he helped on the side of the road. This is so important. The Sam- well, I'm going to repeat again. The Samaritan didn't know the man he helped on the side of the road. Because helping family members is easy. Spending time with family members is easy. Loving and investing your time in those you love is easy. To be with our brothers and sisters, going to parties, having barbecues with people that we love is easy. But the Samaritan didn't care who that man was and what he had done. Yes, whatever he was impure. Or if he was a stranger, then no matter who the person is or who they used to be, we must serve. This is what Jesus taught us. Pay attention what I'm going to say. Serving people is the best way to say God loves you. Yeah, the best way. Wait to say, if you want someone to listen to you talking about Jesus, first love and serve them. And then they will listen to whatever you have to say. Amen? Next point. The Samaritan poured oil and wine on the man's wounds. The Samaritan stopped and poured oil and wine. And oil and wine in the Bible means 
grace and truth. People will accept Jesus when we treat them first with grace and then with truth. Beloved brothers, please don't try to use the truth first. You need first grace. This is the right way to act. Some people go to others with the truth, confronting, confronting. Don't do that, please. Follow Jesus' teaching. Because why? Grace will always say it is possible. Truth will say it's necessary. Or if it, someone comes to you and say, can I go to heaven? Can I be saved? Grace is, will always say, yes, of course. You can be saved. You can go to heaven. You can be forgiven. God loves you. Yes. But truth will say, but there is only one way, Jesus Christ. Yes. For example, in John chapter 8, verse 10 and 11, you know, there is one story there, one real story. A woman was caught in adultery. And Jesus asked her, Where are your accusers, woman? Then, neither do I condemn you. Because she had many accusers that were was accusing her. And then Jesus said, the one who has no sin, you can stone first. And then what they did, they all they gone. And Jesus asked, where, where are your accusers, woman? And Jesus, what Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. This is grace. But... Go and sing no more. This is the truth. Did you get the point? We needed to use first grace and then the truth. Another point I learned from the Samaritan. Loving and serving has a price. Mm -hmm. It will cost you something. That man, he had to pay a price for having compassion on that man. Loving and serving people, beloved brother, has a price. It costs your time and your money. You invest in the things, in the things that you love. You invest on the ones that you love. Loving the lost, saving the lost will cost your time and your money. I have a question to you. Are you going to take anything from this earth with you to eternity after your death? Are you going to take anything with you? Yes or no? <laughs> Yes, you are going to bring something with you. And the only thing from this earth that will enter in heaven is people. <laughs> That's why you need to invest in people. 
And this is one investment that will be worth it when you get in eternity. Because when you die, everything you have, you stay here on this earth. But the people you have invested on, you, you take them to eternity with you. Hallelujah. I'm so happy because I have invested in many people and one day I'm going to bring them with the Lord and I will be with them on eternity. And I pay to see people out of hell and get to heaven. Yes, I pay to see restored families. I have to pay to see people free from their addictions, drugs. I you pay for whatever the cost may be. Why? Because one person matters. Yes, only one person matters. And in Luke 15 verse 5, Jesus said that he leaves 99 to go after the one and he chooses to pay the price to rescue that one person. What matter is not your title that you hold. What matter is not the structure that we have, buildings. What matters is whether or not we stop for the one person. God will put people on your way. Listen, God will pe you put people on your way. People that you don't know. Maybe God will ask to you to go after the one sheep that got lost. They were in the church. They were near to you, but they are not anymore. And this is your neighbor. You must help. Make disciples. Form disciples. Loving and serving people has to be your lifestyle, my beloved brother and sister. Our big responsibility is with people. Or those who are by your side are your responsibility. And we have to pay the price for them. Volunteers in the kingdom of God must pay. Volunteers at Shalom Christian Fellowship must pay. Serving is not a method. Serving is a culture of the kingdom. This is why I'm preaching teaching the culture of serving and loving. And, and serving love is, is a culture. And, uh, and those who don't live to serve have no reason to live. Amen? Then we need to serve. Because serving is something normal. Serving is obeying Jesus. And the last point. <laughs> Jesus is our Samaritan. Yes, he is our Samaritan. You know, we were Oh, like that man on the road. You and, you and I, we were wounded, hurt, and going to hell. 
my life was destroyed in the past. And, and Jesus came and saved me. My life was totally destroyed. And Jesus cared. He saw me on the road. He hugged me. As I was, he took care of my wounds. He paid the price for my salvation. He loved me with all my sins and all my flaws. And now I am forgiven. I am saved because of the Samaritan Jesus. Beloved ones, we need to live for this love in a practical way. Because you and, and I, we were in the same situation. You were wounded. You were going to hell. And Jesus cared for you. Jesus loved you. Jesus hugged you. Jesus saved you. And now you are forgiven. And now what you should do for those who are lost? You... Your most important function is to invest in lives. This is your most important function. It's not what we are doing that is important. It's life, people. And we have to invest in lives. Who? I have a question to you. Who have you invested in lately? In the past days? Are you investing your time and resources in when one? How can we have more disciples? How will we save people? How we will see the church of God, his kingdom to grow? How? Beloved brother, it's by kneeling down to help the one by the side of the road. Stopping for someone and really listen to him. We must use grace first and then the truth. How can we, we see people being saved? How will there be new members and new, new people if we don't first serve them? Just doing our duties. You not make disciples. Sorry. This was Jesus' teaching to that man who was one interpreter of the law. Jesus gave this teaching for someone who knew the Bible very well. And he knew a lot about the law. But he didn't understand what it meant to serve his own neighbor. And today, you need to receive this word from God. We need to evaluate our lives. Where are you investing your time and your money? Where? We need to repent from our selfish ways before it is too late. Please, I want to pray for you. If you can, close your eyes. And let's pray. Jesus, thank you, Lord, for your great love. Thank you, Jesus, for being our Samaritan. Because you left everything in heaven to 
and came to rescue and to save us. I was wounded, hurt, and going to hell. And you saw me, Jesus. You saw us. You cared for us. You hugged us. And you took care of our wounds and paid the price for our salvation. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Because we all were lost and you saved us. You loved us. And Lord, please forgive us for being so selfish and religious. Just doing things, but not serving. Helping people, loving people. Not helping those who are hurt along the way. Forgive our sins, Lord. Forgive them our sins, forgive the sins of your church, and I pray help your church, help my brothers and sisters to have a lifestyle of serving and loving, help us to be a priest that please you, Lord, and always stop for those who are hurt, help us, Lord, to be the Levites that pleases, please you, Lord, and always stop to help others. Help us to be Samaritans that will serve, love, and invest in people, Lord. Lord, help us to pay the price and to go after the one sheep that got lost, Lord. So many people, Lord, that served you in the past, but today they are lost. Help us to be Samaritans for them and to go after them. In Jesus' name, this is my prayer. And I pray in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. May the Lord bless and keep you and help you, my beloved brothers. And please invest on eternity, loving and serving people. Amen. See you next week in Jesus' name.